The Cart Before the Corpse A Mary Abbott Carriage Driving Mystery by Carolyn McSparren Narration by Aaron Novotny Chapter 1 Sunday Afternoon, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Mary I should learn to count chickens instead of eggs. I'd already packed my computer and printer in my truck and checked out of my motel. The scores were posted on all the driving classes except the cross-country marathon. As show manager, I'd passed out ribbons and trophies. Once the marathon ended and the scores were tallied, I could drive away from the horse show grounds with a happy grin and a fat check. That's when I heard the screams. Run away! I turned and raced across the field toward the start of the marathon course. When the screams continued, I knew this was more than a loose trace. Please, God, some nervous horse had yanked his lead line from his groom and wandered off to graze, or decided he didn't feel like being harnessed to his carriage today and trotted away, dragging his reins and harness behind him. Just so long as he wasn't also dragging a carriage. A runaway horse harnessed to a driverless carriage is a four legged missile with no guidance system. I was still fifty yards away from the start of the marathon course when I saw Jethro, Pete and Tully Hull's Morgan stallion, kick out with both hind feet and connect with the steel dashboard of their heavy marathon cart with a god awful clang. Terrified, Jethro reared straight up in his traces and tossed both Pete and Tully off the carriage and into the dirt. He's going over backwards, somebody screamed. Amy Hull, Pete and Tully's 13-year-old daughter, clung to the back of the carriage. Her normal job was as counterbalance around fast turns. Now she was trying to keep both Jethro and the carriage from landing on top of her. "'Jump and roll, Amy!' I shouted. "'Get out of the way!' She jumped, landed on her feet, and rolled away from the carriage. With less weight to overbalance him, Jethro came down solidly on all fours. Thank God. But then he took off at a dead run across the field, with the carriage careening wildly after him, Still screaming warnings, some people ran to help the hulls. Competitors stamped on their carriage brakes and reined in their own horses hard to keep the course from erupting into a rerun of the chariot race. In Ben-Hur, poor Jethro was terrified. With the eighteen-foot reins flying behind him, the carriage had become his personal banshee. He had to escape it if it killed him. It might— as well some of the rest of us, horses, competitors, trainers, and spectators alike, if we didn't stop him. And nobody else was trying. Everybody not rushing to help the holes dove out of the way, cowered behind trucks and horse vans, huddled in the tents with the food and the vendors, and prayed that Jethro wouldn't decide to charge them. Jethro weighed three-quarters of a ton— the steel marathon carriage weighed only slightly less. The horse had become a runaway eighteen-wheeler with four legs and a terrified brain. He craved sanctuary. He was desperate to find his people so he could get the monster off his tail. He didn't know he'd left them behind in the dirt. 
Somehow, I had to focus his attention on me, let him know that one human being wanted to save him from the monster that chased him. He swerved past a four-wheeled spider phaeton pulled by a huge black Frisian gelding. Frisians were originally bred to carry Lancelot in full knightly armor, so they're graceful but massive. The axles passed one another with barely room for a single piece of blotting paper between them. Anne Crawford on the Frisian's rein stood up and screamed. Her Queen Mary hat with its pheasant tail and orange tulle flew off her head and landed on the Frisian's broad rump. The Frisian kicked at it. The hat fell in the dirt and the Frisian relaxed. Thank the Lord.'